Hi, I'm John Leister, and this is episode 43 of the Johnny's Way podcast. Lee Hacklin, 1970s private investigator in FU Life. I hadn't hit bottom, not yet. Bottom meant I was living in a gutter. There were gutters cleaner than the current state of my apartment, but at least I still had a roof over my head. I hadn't hit bottom, but it felt like I wasn't far from there. Don't think about what you don't have, think about what you have. So what did I have? I had my full head that fell out logically from time to time. I had my arms and legs. I was in pretty good shape in spite of my full full vices. And I had a woman at that time in my life. We weren't talking right now. She knew what I was going through, and I guess we were sort of taking a break, a short one, hopefully. I needed her. I needed her like the air I breathe. You win, you lose. You muddle through life, and you take the better with the bitter. I understood all of that when I was like five. So what was wrong with me? I woke up and looked at my alarm clock, and it was one in the afternoon. I rubbed my face. I had a beard. It itched. Shave, buddy. You don't like it, and it looks ridiculous. If you're 35, you gotta have the beard of a 35-year-old, not a 15-year-old. Maybe I'd shave. Maybe. So the very idea of shaving felt like too much effort. I very much wanted to go back to sleep, even though I'd already slept 13 hours. I reached for a cigarette. I was smoking way too much. I sure didn't want lung cancer, and I didn't want a hole in my throat. Live, buddy, live. It's not enough just to exist and wait to die and suffer along the way. You live in America. You get to avoid these things, at least compared to a lot of other places. I lit a smoke. I inhaled as deeply as I could and exhaled. I liked seeing, I liked seeing the smoke come out of my nose. Lee, the magic dragon. Wait, I didn't want to be a dragon. I wanted to be a knight. It was December and it was raining and it was cold and foggy. Anyone who had a job that required him to work outside would be miserable. I was grateful to be inside, even if I lived in a shithole. Not safe for work. There were scraps of paper on the floor and a sweater, and my place was littered with tons of empty beer cans. Where were my weights? You want to work out today? No, no I don't. A pizza box was on the floor. For F's sakes, Hackland, do you want mice and cockroaches? I picked up the box and put it in the fridge. What to do now? I opened the fridge again and opened the box and ate the half slice that was still there. It had less taste than the box it came in, but I ate it anyway. There, there, Lee, there, there. You have to eat. Wait, what's this? An unopened six-pack. I vaguely wondered how I was going to pay next month's rent. Next month's rent as I grabbed two cans, opened them, and alternated from can to can. F the water. I'd blown through most of my savings, which were considerable for me at least. Trying to find a teenage girl after her mother had blown through her entire savings, paying me to find her. I interviewed the same people again and again. Some of them tried to get restraining orders against me. There was one guy, an ex-boyfriend, something about him. Other than the fact that he was 20 and apparently been dating a 16-year-old girl, when I'd spoken to him, he seemed too calm, too measured, his answer too rehearsed. He kept calling me, sir, I'm all for manners and it's charming when it comes from the young, but that tickle, the tickle was all I had. I was desperate. My client was desperate. The girl, Wendy Bright, had never run away from had never run away from home before, and from all accounts was a happy girl. She was in trouble maybe, and I was being paid to find her and to help her and maybe restore an, an iota of order to this weird experiment called Planet Earth. The ex-boyfriend, Oliver Stanley, lived with his dad in his shabby basement suite. The dad didn't like me. He told me that I'd spoken to his son too many times and that his son had already been cleared by the police as a suspect. Oliver had no priors, neither did his dad. Nevertheless, they were all I had, instinct. Sometimes you act on instinct and you wind up ace high. Other times, acting on on instinct can leave you with poop on your face, dead too. 
That night, I went back there. Oliver's dad opened the door. I told him I wanted to speak to Oliver again. He told me to, he told me to go F myself. I punched him in the face. While he writhed on the wooden floor, I stepped over him and entered the living room. There was Oliver slouched on a decrepit couch. I grabbed the kid and I shook him and I threw him to the floor and then I picked him up again and I slapped him. He cried. Then I punched him in the stomach. I threw him around some more and there was his dad on his feet. He pointed a handgun at me. He shot me. It hit me in the shoulder. I fell to one knee and quick drew my browning. I was a good shot. It was a good shot even with the bullet in me. Dad didn't have a chance. He died the moment the bullet struck him above his right eye. His son swung a baseball bat at me. It grazed my head. It, I pistol whipped him. Blood gushed from his head. Time passed. The three of us were catching our wind. Blood gushed out of my shoulder. I ignored it. She was here. She was here. Where's Wendy? Talk, Oliver, or I'll make you envy your dad's fast death. He cried, you killed my father. Where's Wendy? The kid pulled up a piece of carpet. There was a basement under the basement, a sub-basement. He pulled up some floorboards. A few spiders scurried out. I flinched. I don't like spiders. I recognized her face, although she'd been dead a while. She was naked and she was riding and she was Wendy. And I turned and I heaved and I cried as I pummeled Oliver to the point of unrecognizability. I didn't want him to die. I wanted him to suffer. Then I called 911 and asked for the cops and an ambulance. Two months later, I gave Wendy's mom her money back. She said that she wasn't mad at me, that at least she could give her daughter a proper burial. No charges were pressed against me. The DA doesn't like me, but he doesn't like wasting tax money either. I've always been a drinker and a smoker, and a fairly deplorable human being in many ways. I then began a descent in what can only be called total decadence. I broke up with Abby, my girlfriend at the time. I lived on my credit card. I stopped exercising. My diet was never that great, but at that point in my life, it was nothing but garbage. I gained 20 pounds. I was up to two packs a day, and it was getting harder and harder to get drunk, which is where I wanted to be, drunk as shit. Pardon me. Wendy was dead, but so was her captor's father, who was entirely complicit in the affair, and his son, Oliver, had died from the beating I gave him. Good. No woman ever had to fear them again. There was that. One morning I gave Abby a call. We talked and we cried and we agreed to meet. And just like that, we were back together. That night I did some stretching and lifted weights for two hours. It took me about a month to lose the 20 pounds. It was too late for Wendy, too late for her poor mom. But it wasn't too late for me. To do what? To keep living, to keep doing what I do. Do I do it well? Yeah, I like to think so, sometimes. And that is the end of Lee Hacklin, 1970s private investigator in FU Life. Thank you for listening, and please feel free to join my Facebook group page. It's called Johnny's Way. Cheers. Have a great day, and don't forget God loves you, and manifest your dreams before it's too late. Cheers. Hi, I'm John Leister. This is episode 44 of the Johnny's Way podcast. Lee Hacklin, private investigator in The Power of No. Do you drink? Yup, a lot. My liver seems to work okay, but probably, yeah. Then I don't think you can help me. I don't drink when I'm working. Do you have something in that mini fridge? I did. A six-pack of Snapchat beer. Louise Harold was middle-aged, veiny-nosed, pudgy, and well-dressed. Her wrists were adorned with what looked like gold bracelets. I don't like to hand out cans of beer like their welfare checks, but if the potential return looks good, then it's a solid investment. In a minute, I'd taken a swig of mine while she polished hers off, chug-a-lug style. Impressive. Want another? She burped. Sure. Gulp, gulp, gulp. Holy moly. Belch, laugh. She winked at me. You're cute. Thanks. You look like you lift weights. Yeah, two or three times a week. I was into jogging for a while. You know, Rocky, jogging, gonna fly 
now. She sang and laughed. If you give me another wonder, one, another one of those wonderful beers, I'll give you a BJ. Not safe for work. Faint stirrings. On the other hand, I was in a monogamous relationship at the time, and while I've done some bad things in my life, one bad thing I've never done is cheat on a woman I loved. Did I love Abby? Did I love Abby? I sure did. Let's file that for now, Miss Harold. How may it be of service to you? When I'm on my back, you can't see my fat. My nipples point straight to heaven. They're very sensitive. Are you happy with your life? Yeah. Why? Was this going anywhere? I'm trying to make money, lady. But I was often curious about people and their true motivations, so I played along. The world is a harsh place. I like to think in my little corner of it, I make it a little less so. I'm not afraid of taking pain, and I'm not afraid of dishing it out when need be. I like my work. If you like your work, it seems... That seems like as good a definition of success as any. She opened her purse and pulled out an honest-to-God flask. I'd never seen one before outside of old movies. She opened it and went to town. Ah, God, I hate vodka, but it gets me to the moon like that. She snapped her fingers. I'm an alcoholic. Never would have guessed. She laughed. I want you to move in with me and keep me from drinking. I'll pay you whatever you want. My ex-husband runs blah, 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 and he's stinking, stinking rich. I'll be your sex slave, and you can abase me to your C-words content. Miss Harold, call me mommy. Miss Harold, have you tried AA therapy? Barf. Yeah, I went to some meetings, bunch of losers, higher power, whatever. Therapy, complete waste of time. My mom agrees with agrees with you. She winked at me. I'm your mom. Oh, dear Lord. All therapy does is make you feel good about yourself while you're behaving badly instead of feeling bad about yourself while you're behaving badly. Anyway, my shrink didn't want to help me. He wanted to F me. Did you report him? Hell no. He was the F of my life. How come you're not drinking? It sucks to drink alone. She opened her purse again and pulled out a thumb-sized bottle of what looked like gin. My purse, the liquor store. I sat forward and linked my fingers together. You don't really want me to want me to stop you from drinking. You want a drinking buddy. You need the kind of help I'm not trained for. You're not ready for that now, but hopefully you'll get there soon. Life is short. Thank you for coming in, Miss Harold. Such a white night. Good day now. Now. I helped her into a cab, went back to my office, and poured my beer down the sink. It was a meaningless lip service, meaningless lip service gesture, but I felt a little better knowing that I still had the power to say no. And that's the power of no. Thanks for listening, and please feel free to join to join my Facebook group page. It's called Johnny's Way. Cheers, and don't forget God loves you.